Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Citizens of Perfectville, Dolph fans everywhere, you love sports. Not just the Dolphins, not just the NFL, but all sports. And the month of June is heating up with a ton of exciting sports action. And Bet Online is where you can find it. From basketball and hockey playoffs to baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and futures, Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right, 50%. So before the next tip off, face off, or pitch, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfect Bill, your first place podcast for your Miami Dolphins, now part of the Believe Podcast Network. I am Sam Marcoux, and he is, well, he's the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, I'm talking about the good doctor himself, Dr. Christopher Cullen. Christopher, how in the hell are you, my friend? Uh, not as good as you, because it uh, looks like you're measuring multiple things. Uh, measuring multiple things. I don't even know what that means. Is that two tape measures behind you? It is two tape measures right behind me. Uh, these, you're absolutely right. For anybody watching this, these are two tape measures, exactly the same. Uh, I didn't trust the first tape measure. So like any right. good journalist, you need two sources. And in this case, two tape measures. My dad always said measure twice, cut once. So you're literally just taking that to the extreme with two separate tape measures. I love it. I actually throw the tape measure in the garbage after one use. It's just the disposable tape measure. I just throw it away and I grab another one and... Completely unethical to the environment. I love it. Uh, environment and schmirement. Uh, also, congratulations on the last episode, I think, where we can call you Christopher. We're going to have to shift over to Jim here before too long there, Dr. Cullen. Yeah, I've been practicing my gym faces from the office, <laughs> well, so that's fine. Uh, for anybody, anybody who doesn't know, the reason why we have to start calling Chris Jim is because we're having another Chris join the show, Citizens of Perfectville. If you didn't see it on Twitter, Reddit, Facebook, Instagram, or anywhere else, uh, number 84 himself, Christopher Chambers, coach Christopher Chambers, is going to be joining the town of Perfectville, not as a guest, no, but as a permanent co-host, the third man in the booth, Chris Cullen, Sam Marku, Chris Chambers. Uh, how excited are you, Chris? Well, if you look at my background, um, currently it's just filled with dolphin stuff. If you look at my hat, if you see who my son's named after, you know, we're, we started this podcast as huge fans of the Miami Dolphins, and we still are. Uh, fortunately or unfortunately, and we are fans. We talked about this when it all started getting started. Um, when you're our age and then your thirties and late thirties and whatnot, um, that's when you really started remembering dolphin seasons, like not just like moments, but like where you were, when you were and who was playing. And Chris Chambers is like that first, those re first real memories for me. Uh, those teams so uh, to have him on the show we already had like kind of a powwow me you and him and it was just almost surreal i don't know about you just even just talking to him and him saying our name and and, and looking at us through the computer screen it was surreal and i'm so excited uh to get to pick his brain and hear his insights and see what the future holds for welcome to perfectville so yeah, we got the perfectville name we might as well be 
pretty fucking awesome. And I think having Chris Chambers makes us pretty fucking awesome. I think it makes us pretty fucking awesome. And uh, you're right. We did talk to Chris just to see if it was going to be a fit because we did get a couple of people saying, hey, is this going to change your chemistry? Yes, it will change the dynamic of the show, but it's not going to change the culture of this show. Chris is going to fit right in. Um, Coach Chambers, Chambers, whatever you want to call him. He's down for everything here, Chris. So if you're a longtime listener or a brand new listener here to the town of Perfectville here on the Believe Podcast Network, uh, you're in for a wild ride. But uh, we'll start up that in July here, Chris. It's still June for you and I, uh, which means we're going to do our thing like we always do. We're going to put 15 minutes on the clock and we're going to talk a little bit of Dolphins news and views right now. Are you ready? Born ready, my friend. All right. 15 minutes on the clock. First thing I want to talk about here, Chris, is something about a former Miami Dolphin. Of course, I'm talking about Ndamukong Sue, Super Bowl champion Ndamukong Sue, if you can believe that, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He came out recently here, Chris, wrote a very, very long, articulate uh, Instagram post, if I'm not mistaken, about his time in Miami and how divisive the locker room was and what his role was in making that locker room divisive. Uh, the, the whole overall article here, Chris, that Ndamukong Sue was talking about was the fact that uh, he has learned about emotional intelligence and what it means uh, to be a good person, quite frankly. Uh, breaking news to everyone out there, Namakon Su was kind of a jerk for the first half of his career, but he went into detail about what he was doing wrong when his time in Miami. And uh, I thought it was interesting here, Chris, because you look at that team, you look at the talent, especially on defense. Uh, you had Cam Wake, you had Ndamukong Su, obviously gave us that iconic moment of hitting that, whatever that quarterback's name was for the, for the Jets in the backfield in that one, um, one game. But they didn't do as much as they probably should have. And as it turns out, Ndamukong Sue, I think, uh, took a wrecking ball to the locker room. Uh, what are your thoughts on Ndamukong Sue coming out and admitting that it was, in large part, his fault that the team wasn't as successful as it could have been because of his divisiveness? Yeah, it doesn't help already when you are this highest paid defensive tackle in the league. That's already going to cause... Uh, I don't want to say like issues, but like people in the locker room are going to start, you're going to have a bullseye on you, right? I mean, like if you're getting paid this much quarterback money, basically, you better make a difference that a starting elite quarterback makes. And he already came in the locker room with that. On top of that, he was an asshole. So he <laughs> like, I don't know. I just read, reading the memoir and uh, the Instagram post, so to speak, it, it, he's, he's grown. He's changed. It's easy to say that after you win a Super Bowl with Tom Brady and you made all that money and cash, all those checks. Um, <clears throat> but what he said, I think the, um, the actual uh, main context of the principle of what he is getting to is true. I mean, you got two ears, so listen more than you speak. Um, start taking other people's accounts into things and it'll help you in life and be a better person. So uh, cool, I guess, but I'm, it, why is it always us? Like it's the shit end of these good stories. <laughs> yeah. It, it was like a, you know, a woke version of bully gate. I mean, if you remember correctly, if anybody remembers that time frame, uh, they had a part of the locker room that they called uh, Manhattan or no, the penthouse, if I'm not mistaken. And I believe the only two people that could be there were Cam Wake and Dominican Sue. And that was their way of saying we're better than the rest of you prove your worth. Well, you know, that doesn't really work in today's environment with these athletes that are getting paid millions and millions of dollars. They've already proven their worth. And you're basically telling them you're not as good as me. I know you're not as good as me. And now, you know, you're not as good as me. Uh, it's no wonder that he didn't work out here in uh, Miami. And, and it, and it, you know, it's also, I don't know how genuine it is here, Chris, because let's be honest. And Dominican Sue is not the dominant force he used to be. And when your talent level starts to dip, you kind of need to make nice in order to uh, stay on the team because all of a sudden they're, you're going to start seeing teams go, the juice isn't worth the squeeze. He's not giving us what he used to give us. So do we really have to put up with this shit? So maybe he did change. Maybe he did evolve. I hope he did because his message is on point. I'm just a little bit, I don't know, maybe uh, 
questioning the individual who brought it up. But it was interesting to see that him him confirm what I always thought, which was he was pretty divisive in that locker room when he was here in Miami. Yeah, all that reminds me of is like uh, back when you were kids and you had a fort and you put a sign out front and it said no girls allowed. Like that was their locker room, like the professional athletes. And you think it, it's actually kind of like uh, disappointing, I guess, um, that Cam Wake was involved with that, considering where he came from, you know, being cut, undrafted free agent, was in the CFL. And now, you know, we were like, hey, F you plebs, you're not as cool as me. You can't jump and get a $20 bill off the ceiling. Um, like I have a little humbleness, I guess. But uh, who knows if that's the truest story in the world. It probably was. Uh, one of our beat writers that reported it with their inside sources. So, uh, but yeah, it's Dominican student funny. That's like the old man on his deathbed, like apologizing for being racist or like a Nazi. You're like, mm, like, why don't you do that now? Like, during the time? Like you knew it was wrong then. You I know just, it now. Like I would, I really wish there was like a tree house inside the locker room with a big old sign that slapped on the outside with the, with Cam Wake and Dominican Sue on the inside and said, no girls allowed. And like the S is backwards. Cause they don't know how to spell like they're uh, like, they're you must make just... over like 850,000 a year to be like, in the side of the locker room. Uh, well, it's got boring. Yeah, it must've been. I mean, how much could they actually talk about? Do you like to swim move or do you like to rip? I mean, what are they really going to talk about after five minutes alone together? You money. can turn that you can turn that into something pretty funny. It's like, hey bro, let's go over to the Manhattan side and talk about all our sacks. <laughs> well, uh, the Manhattan side isn't there anymore, but uh, we do have a Chicago and an Atlanta side because the Miami Dolphins are holding joint pat practices this offseason here, Chris, with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, right in front of their preseason game against the Falcons, and then again against the Chicago Bears before their preseason tilt uh, with the Bears themselves. Interesting that the Miami Dolphins are choosing to do this, especially when they didn't really have an offseason last year, really didn't have any practices in 2020. They're doubling down on joint practices with these other teams. Good idea, bad idea here, Chris. I mean, you are you are kind of showing your hand a little bit, especially with the Falcons, who we do play in Week 7 as well. So we play them in preseason, and then once again in Week 7. We're also going to be seeing them in practice leading up to that preseason game. What are your thoughts on the Miami Dolphins and Brian Flores doubling down on these double practices with the Bears and the Falcons here in the preseason? I love it. Um, it, it creates competition in camp. Um, camp gets dull. It gets boring. It gets the same thing. It gets... Um, tedious because it's the same DBs against the same receivers and they got tells and each guy knows each guy's tell and it becomes kind of less competitive and more just um, I don't know like when if you locked your brother in a room with like your other brother like they're gonna end up beating the shit out of each other because they're just tired of each other constantly in the same room every once in a while you need to throw a friend in there to like kind of mix it up that's what this is like I mean it happens even at the little league level like in middle school that we'll be sitting there scratching our heads like they're just tired of beating the shit out of each other and hitting each other. The same guys, the same routines, the same yada, yada. So uh, for a competitive stance, and especially after last season with no preseason games, I think you want to get as much uh, competition as possible. That doesn't count. So preseason games, uh, we lose a preseason game this year, if I'm not uh, mistaken. I think there's three instead of four. Um, so yeah, these joint practices, I'm all for. The only thing uh, competitively is that one with Atlanta. You play them in a regular season, but that's long enough into the year where you're already making changes and adjustments. And I don't think uh, training camp's going to matter much. You know, does is, is this come back to bite Brian Flores in the ass if anybody gets injured during these joint practices? Not necessarily the preseason game because we all accept that that is a risk, but these joint practices. If Jalen Waller goes down with a knee injury oh, or, or Jalen Phillips, you know, gets hurt again or something like that because of something that happens at these joint practices, um, is that going to come back where are the fans just going to have a massive backlash on the Miami Dolphins? 
uh, Brian Flores can fart wrong and half of our fan base will have a massive reaction because they're half of them are fucking idiots. But how do you um, fart wrong? If you have to ask, you can't afford it. Well, say, how do you fart wrong? Does it come out the front? I mean, what is what I, is I guess sharding if, if Brian Flores sharded or like farted while like praising uh, to or something, you know, half the fan base is going to freak out. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's our fan base. No, it, it'll come. It, I don't know if it'll come back to bite him as if like it'll affect his job or anything. But yeah, he'll get scrutiny in the media and by the fans for sure, uh, because you'll always have that what if. But in that case, and on the flip side, I hope he gets praise if no one gets hurt and they had a joint practice and made everybody better. That, but that won't happen. No, that will absolutely not happen. It will be fun to see Kyle Pitts and Jalen Waddle in together, you know, uh, in considering all the reports of us looking at Kyle Pitts at the uh, number six spot, even though he wasn't actually there because he went at number four. Uh, speaking of the hot seat here, Chris, another thing that came out, Jason LaConfora actually came out and made a list of coaches that are on the hot seat. Uh, pretty much laughed off the internet building here or out of the internet building here. But uh, one of the names on that list was, in fact, Brian Flores. What do you make of this report that Brian Flores is reportedly on the hot seat as the Miami Dolphins head coach heading into the 2021 season? makes me feel like within the next five years, you and I will be getting paid handsomely to talk about the Miami Dolphins because obviously people in the NFL circles pay just anybody to talk about this kind of shit. Like it's the off season. There, there's no, nothing to talk about, but I, I mean, did he get high with the Dominican Sioux and like, just like think of a list and put him on a hot seat on the flip side, he should be probably top three odds on favorite to be coach of the year this year, let alone on the hot seat. Uh, I don't even want to say his name. He's like Voldemort of like of reporters. He makes our beat writers look like Nobel Peace Prize winning writers. Uh, he, he's terrible at his job. I can't believe he's still employed. And uh, th- I'm so sick and tired of these guys. Like all they're doing now is just trying to like create controversy, even though it's like fake and they don't even believe in it. Like even Colin Cowherd, like called him out. Like that's so bad when he does that. Uh, so no, I uh, won't even say his name. That's absolutely ridiculous. He's not on the hot seat. Well, it's interesting when you look at that list too, because not only is Brian Flores stand out like a thor- sore thumb on that list, but he also had a rookie head coach as being on the hot seat. Now it is the head coach for the Houston Texans. So maybe that is a hot seat. Cause we don't know what the fuck that franchise is doing anymore, but it seemed a little bit odd. Like, did he throw a dart at the 32 different coaches in the first seven that he threw? And I'm like, okay, I'm putting him on this infographic. Uh, the only way Brian Flores is on a hot seat is if his office is outside in South Florida in June and it would literally be a hot seat that he's sitting down on. I don't see how anybody can actually extrapolate the fact that Brian Flores's job is possibly on the line. Now, the only thing I can think of, Chris, is the expectations for the Miami Dolphins in 2021 is at least the playoffs. Um, yes. If the expectations are that high and we don't meet those expectations, then I could start to hear rumblings of people saying, what's going on in South Florida? Is Brian Flores the guy? But not now. That's not going to happen until minimum, I would say, the end of the 2021 season, right? Oh, for sure. And, and, and even then, there'll be uh, rightful arguments that you got to give them a chance to build and, and work with the players that you've acquired through all these different draft picks and trades and whatnot, uh, which we still have more for next next year's draft. So yeah, no, it won't be for at least two years if we're not successful uh, like we should be, where you can even bring this up and talk about it. Anybody with a right mind anyway. You know, you're listening to Welcome to Perfectville as part of the Believe Podcast Network with the two-time Hall of Famer Chris Cullen and, of course, regular old Sam Marcoux. Uh, we're just talking about all things Dolphins here in segment number one. And uh, really, maybe the last thing I want to talk about here, Chris, is a little bit of a lighthearted one, but the Miami Dolphins uh, just reintroduced their entire team to their new facility. 
uh, which I, from what I'm being told, Chris, I talked to Travis Wingfield off the air and uh, which means we texted each other. And uh, according to him, his new office space is awesome. He's got a brand new studio that he's going to be living in for his podcast drive time with Travis Wingfield. Uh, the weight room is sick. The, just the entire office area is amazing. But the one thing that stood out that I think everybody's talking about, Chris, is the fact that they have a slide, like an actual bona fide play school slide like a metal slide uh for people to just slide i guess from the second floor down to the first floor what in the hell is that all about <laughs> i mean it's fun for like a video but like are people going to use that slide day in and day out i can't imagine our players are sliding down uh this slide to get to practice every single day and then they get their juice box and their banana peel and and and, and head off to snack time like i don't what's what's the reasoning behind the slide Slap me if I ever get so disappointing an adult and old as you, Sam. Really? Like, I couldn't imagine sliding anywhere. Are you fucking kidding me? Could you imagine getting up and like grabbing your coffee with a tight lid, of course, and, and sliding down to your car? Like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. And yeah, playgrounds are around for a reason because they're fucking fun. Like, grow up, Peter Pan. Like, it's it, it's fun. Playgrounds are cool. Slides are cool. Clemson has a slide. My son was excited about it when he went and visited. Uh, you know why? Because he was 11 when he saw it. So yeah, there's a kid in all of us, Sam. And I like Stephen Ross and the, and the team. I'd like to hope that they, I mean, come on, Sam, like what's the whole, the whole thing here, our whole discussion for months now, it's like the lead into it. Of course they have a slide. Look how young our team is. We have no 30 year olds because they're building playground equipment. <laughs> In yeah, the do you, locker think, room. Like, you think they blow a whistle and they're like recess and it's 15 <laughs> minutes and then they're just running and then like there's a water fountain there and they have to count to Mississippi three Mississippi and then they have to switch to the next person to get some water as well for I mean, footwork drills they have like the thing on the ground that like the water sprays out in random in increments and you got to like juke them and not get wet and run through I mean that actually sounds like a good idea other than yeah. slipping. Yeah, I mean, uh, speaking of slipping, uh, maybe the reason I don't like slides is when I was younger I actually shit on a slide like and it like came out of my pants and just, so that's like, how uh, you fart wrong. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I guess we figured it out. But then I got to the bottom of the slide and I was like, I think I shit my pants. And then the, sl the shit kind of like slid down the slide oh. and then hit me in the shirt. And then I had a shitty shirt the rest of the day. It was an ultimate like, warrior shirt too. Oh no. It's like the episode of double dare, but with shit instead of slime. <laughs> it's kind of the same consistency. Uh, but uh, yeah, they got a slide. I don't know. I'm, I'm waiting for the first injury report of the season. And it's like Jalen Waddle in ankle injury. Why landed? Stop wishing injuries on Jalen Waddle. It's twice now. I mean, like we, you're done with Parker and we're on the Jalen Waddle. Like careful with the receivers. Chambers is joining us soon. Listen, everybody understands that when I talk shit about anybody on the team, they go out and kill it the very first next year next game so all i'm doing is making sure that jill and water will be healthy and ready to go come week one which is great because in segment number two we're actually going to talk about week one and week two and week three in the entire season because we're going back to the over under game we're going to figure out just what in the hell the miami dolphins players are going to do in terms of stats and uh, touchdowns and wins and losses. Chris Collins, Sam Marku, we're going to figure this all out for you because it's a whole new season. It's a whole new year. We've got 17 games instead of 16. We're going to figure this all out. So you don't even have to watch the season, although you should. But we're going to figure this out. Chris Collins, Sam Marku, back after these words. Citizens of Perfectville, why do just four companies control 80% of the U.S. meat industry? Because big food crushes the little guy. You can help change all that with moinkbox.com. Why are 97% of the chickens served in the U.S. dipped in chlorine? Simple, because big food doesn't have the same quality standards as the family farm. That's why you need moinkbox.com. The best bacon, the best steak, the best chicken, and the best salmon you'll ever eat won't come from the grocery store, no. You'll only find it on the family farm and caught by independent Alaskan fishermen. That's why you need moinkbox.com. 
Why Moink? Well, because Moink was founded by an eighth-generation farmer. That's right, eighth-generation farmer who was featured on Shark Tank. The host, Kevin O'Leary, said it was the best bacon he's ever tasted. And you know what? I got to agree. And Jamie Smirnoff, creator of the Ring Video Doorbell, invested in Moink as well. Join the Moink movement today. Go to moinkbox.com slash believe right now. And listeners to the show get free bacon for a year with every box ordered. Can you understand what I just said, ladies and gentlemen? Free bacon for a year with every box ordered. That's one year of the best bacon you'll ever taste, but for a limited time. Spelled M-O-I-N-K box.com slash believe. That's moinkbox.com slash believe. Moink meat is so delicious, and I love it. And you will, too. Get Moink right now. And we're back. Segment number two. Chris Cullen, Sam Marku. Welcome to Perfect Will, part of the Believe Podcast Network. Soon to be joined by Chris Chambers, the third man in the booth. If you haven't seen the hype video on Twitter, on Reddit, on Facebook, on Instagram, all over the internet, check it out. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I had a good time putting that together. But yeah, that's good on you. Week. Can can I can I please just yes. yeah, you you just take no credit ever. Uh, Sam does an incredible job editing every week and. Um, like literally I do nothing but show up and talk and Sam does everything. And he put that video together and I just had a blast. I've literally, I'm probably half of those views because I've watched it so many times. I've had the NWO song stuck in my head for like a week now, but it's such a great video. The third man, if you're a wrestling fan, his uh, face swapping app raced even like private messaged me and was like, that looks like you and Sam. I'm like, yeah, that's because it's our faces on Kevin Nash, big, sexy and Scott Hall. So great job, Sam. Way to go, bud. Well, I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun to do, especially when you have good news coming here in the town of Perfectville. Like if it was like, hey, you guys are both getting fired. I don't know that I'd spend a lot of time editing a firing video, but maybe, maybe I'd have Vince McMahon screaming that you're fired. And then that would be the last thing we ever do. So who knows? But uh, the over under of you and I getting fired over the next two years is probably next to nil because we do have, that's the other part of this, a two-year contract with Believe. Uh, we're going to be here for quite some time. We found a home with the Believe Podcast Network and we just uh, are tickled pink with everybody who's helped us along the way here in our very, very short amount of time with Believe. So we're having a good old fun fun time with them here, Chris. But uh, speaking of the over-under, it's time for the over-under game. We've played this before, but in case you are new to the show or just don't remember, this is where we take a stab at the over-under, some certain stats, certain wins, certain players, what they're going to do in the upcoming season. Uh, Chris and I are pretty damn accurate at this so uh <clears throat> are you ready chris i am ready he's born ready ladies and gentlemen all right over under first one over under chris to a tongue of iloa throwing for 4250 yards in 2021 over over under. over 17 games added weapons uh not coming off a hip injury um i'm gonna say over uh because right now what you're wanting with 16 games, uh, right? So like 4,500 yards or so, 4,000 yards is good. Um, so yeah, 4,200, I'll say over. I would love that. All right, so 4,200, 4,250 would be 250 game, 250 yards per game on average. Uh, you're telling me that Tua Tungabailo is going to average more than 250 yards per game through the air in 2021. That's what you're saying. Yeah, I just said over, Sam. That's how this game works. Okay, I'm just making sure for the uninitiated that we understand the logic with Chris Cullen and what he's saying there. I, I tend to agree with you. I think that uh, that doesn't seem like an insurmountable goal, uh, especially with all the weapons that we've added, and especially because we have continued to de-emphasize the run game here a little bit. So the fact that we're doubling down with Tua Tungavailoa, with Will Fuller, Devontae Parker, Jalen Waddell, Mike Isicki, Hunter Long, all the other weapons that we have there, it does seem like he has the opportunity to throw for over 4,000 yards. Do you think he gets over under 4,500 yards? 
No, and I am I am on the fence of forty two hundred. So, um, and here's why: as I was thinking about that, as we're talking about this, uh, it, it depends because if our defense is as good as we hope, and they've set it up to be, hopefully we're not, you know, in a, all these close games where we have to throw it a lot. Maybe we're, uh, you know, getting off the field and we're running the ball, running the clock, and and stuff like that. So two fifty a game is kind of. Uh, tough. So I'm going to say, call it right there at 42. And I don't know any more above that. And that might not be a bad thing. That might just be because we're winning games and uh, shutting out teams and we don't need to throw it all over the yard. All right. That's uh, that's a great transition into the next over under here, Chris. And we're going to shift to the run game over under for Miles Gaskin, our starting running back. Uh, let's just go over under 1500 yards from scrimmage. For Miles Gaskin. Now that's rushing the ball. That's catching the ball out of the backfield. Does Miles Gaskin get over or under fifteen hundred yards? Under, under. Um, I'm saying under because a, for two reasons. A, he might not keep the starting running back job uh, with Malcolm Brown and, and Dokes. Who knows how he does uh, um, in training camp? So who knows? Uh, and not only that, you know, he got injured last year. A couple of games he missed, um, and just fifteen hundred yards with all the weapons around. I don't know how much we're going to be throwing to the running backs, even though one of one of our offensive coordinators, a former running back coach, um, but I'm just going to say under just on the pure speculation that Gaskins in, is not that good. Like I just I don't I'm yet to see a reason to put my money and wager on a, over on that. Yeah, I'm going to go under as well, but I'm going to scale this down just like we scaled up for Tua Tungavailoa. Over under 1,000 yards from scrimmage for Miles Gaskin in 2021. Yeah, I'll say over just because of the 17-game season. Um, so, I mean, what you're looking at, 500 yards rushing, 500 yards receiving. I mean, that's – I mean, you're, you know, obviously any other mathematical, uh, 700, 300. Um, so, yeah, I'll say break even on that or over, but that, that's the most I'm going to go. I'm going to go over, and I think it's going to be well over. I think he's going to fall short of the 1,500 number, which is a big number, But because, uh, I mean, you're talking almost 100 yards per game, both in the air and on the ground uh, at 17 games in a season for 1,500. That's a big number, but 1,000, I think, is very doable, and I think especially with Tua Tungavailoa having the ability to find the underneath receiver uh, and find the safety valve and Miles Gaskin's ability to catch and turn and run um, makes that very possible. Now that split might be more on receiving than, than running the ball, but uh, I do think it's, it's possible. Uh, we'll stick with the running back theme here, Chris, and we'll just open this up to everybody in terms of the running backs on the roster over under a thousand yard rusher for the Miami dolphins in 2021. So you're Anybody? saying combined or just nope, one, one, just back? one person under it's not going to happen. I we agree. just don't have that running back on this roster. <laughs> I, I just don't, under let's go under all right let's scale that one back over under 750 yards rushing for anybody on the team in in 2021 i want to say over because 17 game season but keep in mind sam ryan fitzpatrick was our best running back the last two years like this is (laughs) if he's if two was running for 400 yards that doesn't count like we're talking running backs so uh, 700 i'm gonna say push like I, i i won't go any more than that and i can see it being much less all right. Well, let's move on to the wide receivers here, Chris. I agree with you. I'm going to go. I'm going to go over though. I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to go over with the running backs. We're going to get somebody who's got over 750 yards rushing. I don't know who it's going to be, but it'll be somebody. Uh, going to the wide receivers here. We already talked about yardage. Let's go to the actual touchdowns. The things that actually matter to an NFL team. Points on the board. Over under 10 touchdowns for Jalen Waddle, his rookie season with Tua Tungabailoa. Under. And that's only because there's a lot of mouths to feed. Gusecki, Fuller, Parker, Williams, Wilson. Um, Waddle and him have a connection. He'll score some touchdowns for sure. I'd say probably seven. 
Uh, but Brooke a year, 10, that's a lot. Uh, I'll, I'll say under just that's a safer bet to me. I'm going over. I'm going to disagree with Ooh. you. And I understand why you're going under and that's probably a safe money and the safe bet. I'm going to go big on this one, Chris. I think he gets 13 touchdowns his rookie season. I think he has a built-in chemistry with Tua Tungavailoa. I think Tua is going to go look and try to find him to prove a point. Will Fuller is out early. Devontae Parker, uh, you know, misses time due to injuries. Preston Williams misses time due to injuries. Uh, Jalen Waddle is going to get a lot of opportunity to catch a lot of balls in this offense. Uh, I'm going to go over for Jalen Waddle, 10 touchdowns in 2021. I'm just looking up off air while you're uh, dis- uh, discussing why Waddle's going to have an incredible rookie of the year campaign. Um, that Miles Gaskin actually had a combined 972 yards from scrimmage last year, receiving and rushing. So, man, that's why Vegas is Vegas. Like uh, under a thousand, imagine him just being 28 yards, 20, yeah, 28 yards short of that thousand. Oh my goodness. Well, there you go. And that was him missing a couple of games due to injury and COVID, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, he, he very well could have done that had he been in all season long in a 16 game season. I'm, I should have went over on that. <laughs> All right, let's switch to the defense here, Chris. This is fun. Let's uh, let's stick with the defensive backs and let's talk about the man of the hour. The guy who uh, is causing all kinds of controversy in Miami because of his contract status over under 10 interceptions for Xavier Howard in 2021 for the Miami Dolphins under because he's not going to have any he's not going to be on the Miami Dolphins calling it now he's either holding out or being traded you so you think after last week we talked about option one is paying him getting him locked up and staying with the Miami Dolphins that's what we both preferred but we also said look if that can't happen then we need to trade him for a boatload of picks let's just assume he is traded like you talked about there Chris over under two first round draft picks for Xavier Howard over I think I think we get a player and or more with, for that. I mean, just look what Jalen Ramsey uh, garnered. And this is a guy coming off of 10 interceptions and young and being talked about as the number one uh, corner in the league. So um, 10 interceptions is not something to blink your eyes at or sniff at. I, I think we get a first this year, first next year, or at least equivalent wow. talent. Like for example, Jacksonville first next year and Travis Etienne or something. That'd be great. Wouldn't that be amazing if they did give us Travis Etienne? That would make me change my bet on Miles Gaskin from earlier in this segment. Just a little um, bit. <laughs> I'm going to go under. I think Xavier Howard uh, has a little bit of a reputation off the field. I think he's got a little bit of an injury history. I think interceptions is a little bit of an inflated and overrated stat when you talk about defensive backs. However, that being said, he's one of the best at doing it. He is a ball hawk defensive back uh, back there as a quarterback. I do think he'd get you at least one first rounder and maybe a player, uh, but I don't know what that player would be and it would have to be a right fit. But I agree with you. I don't think he gets 10 interceptions for the Miami Dolphins in 2021 because I'm starting to think that maybe he's not going to be a Finn uh, for too much longer uh, myself, Um, but I'm going to go under on the two first rounds or equivalent in terms of trade backs. I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're right. That would be an amazing get for Chris Greer in the Miami Dolphins front office. Yeah, considering the contract and whatnot and his his injury history, I'm probably way off on all these, but when have I always when have I ever been right, Sam? All right. Well, speaking of contracts, this guy just signed a nice, healthy contract extension to be with the Miami Dolphins, 24 years old, Jerome Baker, playmaker Jerome Baker. We did this last season, I believe, but uh, over under 140 tackles for Jerome Baker in a 17 game season here in 2021. Combined uh, solo and assists, um, I would yes. say under. And again, because of mounts to feed, I think with our offense too, they're going to be throwing a, a lot more. Um, and uh, with McKinney that we got from the Texans, that guy is a tackling machine in the middle there. So if uh, Baker plays more of an outside role, he's more kind of cut in half field wise as far as uh, ability to get tackles. So I'm going to say under 140, but he's going to have a great year. 
All right. I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to scale that back before I give my answer. Let's scale it back since you did under, let's go 120 tackles, Jerome Baker. Mm, I'm still going to say under because um, I'd say probably 110 is a good, good number. Uh, even with the 17 game se- season, I really think the addition of uh, Jalen Phillips, uh, Raquan Davis, really picking up steam uh, and adding McKinney is going to uh, really, really, kind of help more and like, like a Javon Holland, Holland who can cover tight ends might not ask Baker to do that as much. So um, yeah, I'd say under, I, I'm going to stick probably a, if I had to call a number, I'm going to call a hundred, hundred, 110. All right. So 120 tackles in a 17 game season is about seven tackles a game. Uh, I think Jerome Baker has seven tackles a game in him, in my opinion. Uh, so I'm going to go over 120. I'm actually going to go under 140. I agree with you there. I think that might be a tall order to ask to get 140 tackles. But again, this is one of those things where I hope I'm wrong. Uh, I'm going to go 130. I think he splits the difference between those two. You got him at 110. I have him at 130. Uh, we'll see who's right and who's wrong. Watch him get like 350 tackles and just make us both look stupid. Well, just just for stats sakes, uh, his career high is 126, and he had 112 last year. So we're it's going to be a fight between me and you. With an added game, it's leaning your way, but that would be a career high. Well, look at that, ladies and gentlemen. If you look at uh, the stats that Chris Cullen is pulling up on Jerome Baker and Miles Gaskin, it's almost like we know what we're talking about. Like I said, we're very, very good at what we do here for the over-under game, understanding where the players are at with the extra game, people having suspensions, rookie quarter or well, rookie wide receivers, second-year quarterbacks. We understand what the stats are going to be or what they should be and what they possibly could be for the Miami Dolphins here in 2021. We got time for a little bit more here. Emmanuel Ogba, the sack master for us here last year. Let's go over-under. 12 and a half sacks for Emmanuel Ogba for the Miami Dolphins defense in 2021. What do you got? Uh, I'm going to say under, and that's just with the addition of Jalen Phillips. I think it's going to be, um, it's going to do both. It's going to help his game because he's going to get less double teams. But I think Jalen Phillips is going to garner enough sacks to where, again, it's a good problem to have. There's a lot of mouths to feed and a lot of talent on our roster. So um, I'd say under as far as that goes. He had nine last year. Um, and he has 27 in his career uh, total. So I would definitely say uh, under. Under. And I think you're right there because not only Jalen Phillips, which you are correct, but I was thinking of uh, the guy you talked about, Bernardrick McKinney here, and one of the best blitzing linebackers in the game. Uh, and the Miami Dolphins blitz a lot uh, on defense. So you have a guy who's good at blitzing in a scheme that focuses on blitzing linebackers. And I think some of those uh, mouths that need to be fed are going to be fed on the linebacker side of uh, the sack game here. But I, you're right. I think the overall talent has raised up that it is going to help Emmanuel Ogba. I think he had, I think he said nine sacks last year, but he had his career high but he led uh the nfl for true defensive ends with 58 quarterback pressures so he was back there a lot he just wasn't able to get the quarterback down all all the time and that's probably because as he was getting pressure there was somebody coming in to chip or double team so on and so forth that's going to go away so i could see his numbers trending up but let's just stick with the number that he has over under his career high of last year nine for emmanuel ogba in 2021 um i think he's in a contract year um, so I'm going to say over or, or, or push. I think he's going to be right there. It's going to be uh, an added se- game in the season. Uh, every obviously, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how contracts are drawn up and how they're taken at face value that are currently in possession. Like so, uh, say he has a trigger in his contract if he gets nine sacks. Do, do they account for the ad- added game? I don't know how that works, but um, I'd say over and give him about ten, uh, nine, ten sacks. That'd be great for our defense for him. Uh, with the pressures he had, that means he was that close to a couple more, uh, and he's trending up. So, I mean, two years ago, two years ago he had three, 
in uh, five and a half for Kansas City and then nine for us. So Flores obviously and, and coaching staff knows how to get the most out of him. So I'll, I'll go over. Uh, he's going over. I think over two. I think he gets ten, maybe eleven. I think he's going to be just that much better with the defense, uh, defensive talent around him. Now we have time for one more here, Chris, and let's go to the biggest stat, the only stat that truly, really matters, and that's wins and losses here, Chris. Seven. 17 games. We talked about the expectations for the Miami Dolphins uh, being playoffs and no less than that here in 2021. Uh, over under 10 and a half wins for the Miami Dolphins in 2021 in a 17-game season. This is both me as a fan and me as someone that it has to be over. <laughs> it has to be over. Uh, we got lucky a couple games last year and we lost a couple heartbreakers last year. Uh, we were 10 and 6 last year with a rookie quarterback mixing in with journeyman Ryan Fitzpatrick. We have retooled our roster. We have more first-round picks, more second-round picks, more third-round picks. And when you get those guys, they have to hit. Chris Greer has to hit those picks, and they have to help our team. And if they help our team with the schedule we have, which looks on paper on paper to be easy uh, or at least not as daunting, um, we, we absolutely have to take advantage of that and win more than 10 games. So I'm going to say over based on just knowledge and my, my hope and prayers because 10 and six wasn't good enough last year. So we have to be over if we even want to go to the playoffs and that's with an added third wildcard spot. The AFC is stacked. Yeah, I mean, usually 10 wins gets you into the playoffs. That was not the case last year for the Miami Dolphins. That's really not going to be a guarantee when now that you have an extra game because 10 and 7 is not as good as a record as 10 and 6. So in order to make the playoffs, you do have to get above 10 wins or 10 and a half in this case. I'm going to go over as well. I am curious there, Chris. What's the number you have in your head? I'm going 12. I'm going 12 wins for the Miami Dolphins. Well, I was going to go 12, but I'll just go lucky 13 for Dan Marino. Might as well do that. 13 wins and 13 touchdowns for Jalen Waddle for Dan Marino, number 13. There it is, the over-under game here on Welcome to Perfectville. We'll be back with segment number three right after these words. Patchvibes.com is still the best place to get all of your best patches, stickers, hats, t-shirts, all things Miami sports swag. The Don Shula patch, the Laramie Tunzel pot smoking draft day patch, the Miami Vice t-shirt, all things Miami Dolphins, Miami Heat, Miami Marlins, Miami sports scene can be found at patchvibes.com. Check it out. And we're back for segment number three here on Welcome to Perfectville with Dr. Two-Time Hall of Famer Chris Cullen and Sam Marcus, soon to be joined by Chris Chambers right here on the Believe Podcast Network. And uh, really, Chris, this is just a little bit of cleanup, a little bit of janitorial service here uh, for the Miami Dolphins and Welcome to Perfectville. Just a lot of small tidbits of information that I think are kind of interesting for the town of Perfectville and all the citizens that live here. Uh, 15 minutes on the clock here, Chris. And the first thing I want to talk about is something that came out about a week, maybe two ago. The NFL has now changed their policy on helmets. So for those that don't know, because of concussion protocol and concussion safety, um, you're not allowed in the NFL up until recently to change the color of helmet. You have to use the same helmet from week one, essentially, until week 17 now. Um, and that was a damper for a lot of teams that were trying to do throwback jerseys like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they couldn't go from their pewter helmets that they have now back to the creamsicle gay Buccaneer pirate guy uh, of yesteryear. So uh, that was because of protocols for concussions and helmets and having a consistent helmet over and over and over again. It didn't make any sense to me. If you have a manufacturer of helmets, who cares what color it is? But I digress. Apparently somebody in the front office had been hit in the head a few times too often because it didn't make any sense. But that has now changed here Chris, they have allowed for teams to now have alternate helmets, which opens up a myriad of uh, 
shall we say, uh, combinations for teams around there. Like the Seattle Seahawks can go back to their throwbacks. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, like we talked about, can go back to some of their throwbacks. The Philadelphia Eagles, who I thought had an amazing color combination and uniform back in the 90s with Randall Cunningham, can go do their throwbacks. Um, but for the Miami Dolphins, we've had a white helmet forever. So it really hasn't affected us when we want to go to throwback uniforms. But this does open up some different color combinations for the Miami Dolphins to explore with. What are you most looking forward to seeing should and when the Miami Dolphins change their helmet for an alternate in one week? Uh, what kind of color palette are you looking for for the Miami Dolphins? This might fuck with the enthusiasts, but I want to see something crazy. Uh, Jalen Phillips put something on uh, Instagram. People were kind of talking about it. There were some Miami Dolphins helmets that were black with mm. baby blue dolphins and face masks, which I think look just fucking cool as shit. They almost look like the Miami Sharks from uh, any given Sunday, uh, but better. Um, this reminds me of as, as a kid in Madden, you created a team, right? It was always like the flames or the spiders or like, you know, the, the monsters, just something cool. I don't understand what took the NFL so long. I mean, they like money. Why not have different jerseys you can sell? Can you imagine a throwback Russell Wilson uh, jersey with the silver and the, and the green? Or like a, um, one of my favorite helmets is that old school baby blue Denver Broncos with the orange. Um, just to be able to bring those back, sell those posters of the, the newer guys in the mo- one of my favorite things about the Dolphins throwbacks is I, and I've said this before, so and I already shit on Larry Zonka last week, so I might as well uh, continue hating getting hate from the guys born after 1960. Um, but I, I thought our throwbacks kind of were trash in the 70s. I think they look better now with the modern technology of our tighter uniforms, tight sleeves, the newer, cooler Rydell and shut helmets um, and, and, and sleek face masks. The gray with the white and the throwbacks look so good because of that. So why not do that with other teams? Like, what have they been waiting for? They called it the no fun league for a while. Hopefully that means Goodell and them are starting to realize that, uh, you know, old man yelling at clouds, not the guy spending money at, uh, you know, footlocker and stuff. Yeah, it's interesting the progression of the NFL because they've, uh, you know, basically decriminalized pot smoking. Uh, which was like the big issue at the turn of the century in the, in the early 2000s. And now they're kind of reversing trend on this helmet thing. It's almost like somebody ate a couple of pot brownies that Ricky Williams left in the front office during his last piss test. And they're like, you know what? Maybe we just need new colors, man. We just need some new colors on these helmets. Uh, I'd like to see something crazy too. Maybe like a tie-dye. Just take all of ours like a camouflage with a dolphin that you can't even see on the helmet because it's fucking camouflage. That would be kind of cool. What do you think? Stick with Miami. Stick with the theme. The Miami Heat. I've uh, sold those uh, really sweet South Beach uh, uniforms, like the black and like it's like vaporware aesthetics. Easy for me to say. Baby blue and the pink and the black, the Vice City look. I mean, go with that. Fuck it. Why not? There's people buying those jerseys that don't even care about basketball or the Miami Heat because they just look cool. And we seem to have a really good department with uh, Garfinkel and all them that would really maximize that and uh, get us some cool ass uniforms for us to buy. Then we can rock on the show. I've been seeing on social media on Reddit as well as Twitter that people are desiring for an orange helmet. Do you have any desire for an orange Miami Dolphins helmet? I have as much a desire for orange Miami helmet as I have a desire for someone to stick their actual foot up my ass. Like, no, orange helmets look like Cheetos, Doritos, disgusting. Please, no. Uh, What about a teal or aquamarine uh, helmet as the base color? 
that'd be fine if like see i'm pointing here so if you're not watching you can't see but you know if it's aqua you got to do something light to go with it if it's off-putting or orange as well like you got to do something cool like like a white with the aqua I, i'd be fine with that i dig the the, the vice city look i think that'd be kind of cool i also like maybe a gray like a like a like a charcoal Ooh. gray helmet you talked about a black helmet i think a charcoal gray helmet uh with our colors would pop pretty nice as well maybe so we I'd should like- make the helmet look just like the helmet the dolphin wears no just face mask M. and just an m on it I would be okay with that too. And then as long as the helmet uh, that has the big M on it also has a dolphin wearing a helmet that has a big M on it. And it's like one of those pictures that just keeps going forever and ever and ever. That would be amazing. And quite frankly, probably distracting for defensive linemen ever that are looking at the offensive linemen going, what the hell is that on your helmet? And all of a sudden we're just popping and knocking them off. And uh, all of a sudden then you got Miles Gaston getting 1500 yards from scrimmage. I like it. How about Bills fans wanting to go back to those red helmets? How disgusting are those? I'm okay with that, especially if we're playing in the snow, though, because they have white helmets now, and that can be a little confusing, especially if you're two who's not the tallest guy in the world, just seeing a white helmet running with a white helmet. So if they're wearing the red helmets, which are gross, uh, at least we know, oh, don't, don't throw there, don't throw there, don't throw there, throw to the other one. I could be okay. The only thing I ask with Buffalo is you actually put a guy named Bill on the helmet because having a Buffalo there is stupidly redundant. We don't have the city skyline of Miami. We have a dolphin because we're the dolphins. You're the bills. So yeah, we'll, maybe you have a $10 bill or something. Note the note the tape right now, because uh, Chris just said, we don't have the skyline of Miami on the helmet. And we're just talking about all these crazy things that could happen. Watch the Miami dolphins come out with the skyline of the, or the Miami, Miami's Miami, Miami's baby, Miami, Miami's who's your team. The Miami, Miami's. I love it. Uh, what else going on here, Chris? I think we should probably talk about old friend, Tom Brady. And apparently uh, what he reportedly said as before he signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last season, which was he'd uh, made some inquiries into some other teams and was rebuffed by one when they told him that they were going to stick with their in-house quarterback. And he reportedly said, you're sticking with that motherfucker. Uh, Now it's been reported that he was talking about Ryan Tannehill. uh, But do you buy that, that Tom Brady was actively going to the Tennessee Titans or thinking that that's where he would want to go? Uh, Or do you think maybe there was somebody else that he was talking about? Well, there's a one in 30 chance it's someone else or maybe 29 if you don't count New England. Um, and it probably wasn't Garoppolo. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny to speculate. If it is Ryan Tannehill, that's kind of fucked up because Tannehill pretty much uh, split with him his entire career. Uh, but, yeah, if it's Tannehill, if it's, um, 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 you know, somebody like the Raiders with Carr, uh, it's really fun to think about who that might be. You know, it wasn't Russell Wilson. You know, it wasn't Dak. You know, it wasn't, uh, you know, these top tier guys, uh, Mahomes. So it's like it breaks down to maybe five to seven guys. And uh, it'd be interesting to see who he's talking about. We'll probably never know. Well, the rumor in the innuendo was that it was Jimmy Garoppolo because Tom Brady is here from Northern California, grew up a huge Joe Montana and San Francisco 49ers fan. And everyone just thought, well, that would just make too much sense for Tom Brady to come to the West Coast, play for his hometown team only to be told, well, we're going to stick with Jimmy Garoppolo and him to go that motherfucker because he knows Jimmy Garoppolo is a motherfucker from his time in New England. Um, But I'm starting to think, Chris, the more I think about this, there was a little bit of smoke last year about Tom Brady coming to South Beach and joining the Miami Dolphins. We had two or three podcasts in a row where we talked about just collecting all the old, old quarterbacks here in Miami. We had some fun with it. And I'm starting to think here, Chris, is it possible, given the fact that Brian Flores came from the New England Patriots, And given the fact that Tom Brady knows the Miami Dolphins very, very well and knows Brian Flores very, very well, that he made some possible overtures to come to the Miami Dolphins only to be told, well, you know, we have a plan and that plan is to draft Tua and we're going to stick with Ryan Fitzpatrick for the time being. And maybe, just maybe, Tom Brady went, you're sticking with that motherfucker? And instead, 
decided to go to a different Florida team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, what are your thoughts on maybe this blast from Tom Brady was actually a shot at Ryan Fitzpatrick? It'd be funny because Ryan Fitzpatrick will just chew gum and laugh at him. I like to think it's uh, Jacksonville and uh, uh, Minshew. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like I like picturing the fact that it's Ryan Fitzpatrick, and you know, he calls him a motherfucker, and he's like, "Well, I got like eighteen kids. Of course, I'm a motherfucker. I mean, I've been I've been fucking mothers for you know <laughs> my entire marriage. Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't buy that it's Ryan Tannehill. And the only reason I bring this up because Ryan Tannehill was obviously a quarterback for the Miami Dolphins for many many years, and the fact that the Miami Dolphins could be the team, and and, and Ryan Fitzpatrick being the candidate for this, I like to believe that. Uh, wouldn't it be funny if Tom Brady? It'd actually be kind of sad, though, if Tom Brady was trying to come to the Miami Dolphins and we told him, no, no good. You're old. We don't need you. Only for him to go to another Florida team and win the whole damn thing once again. Sounds about right. <laughs> Sounds about exactly what we do. Now, my question to you is, would you have, uh, would it have been, I think we talked about this before, so we'll be quick with it, but would you have been as excited with Tom Brady leading us to the Super Bowl and winning as opposed to like our own ingrown in-house guy? It's like we rented a championship. If, if you can tell me that I'm going to win a Super Bowl with Tom Brady or I'm going to win a Super Bowl with Tua Tunga Bailoa, I think the fan in me as a Miami Dolphins fan would take the Tua Tunga Bailoa route in, the, in that scenario. However, the hater in me in winning the Super Bowl with Tom Brady just to throw it in the Patriots fans' faces would be just, as you like to say, a chef's kiss. I think that would have made me uh, stand six to seven inches taller while laying on my stomach because it just would have been a fantastic story to know that Tom Brady, who is a rival of ours for 20 some odd years now leads the Miami dolphins to the promised land. Um, I would have been, I would have embraced Tom Brady. I would have gotten a dimple chin. I would have done all those things. Uh, if he got us to a super bowl and won it uh, year one with the Miami dolphins. We just start in any argument calling a Miami Dolphin great Tom Brady, like just to piss them off. Like he's going to retire a fin. It's better in South Beach anyway. Everybody retires in Florida. Yeah, that'd be that'd be fun meme potential. I, I do that right now because Albert Pujols was let go by the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim and signed with the Los Angeles Dodgers. So I've been saying for quite some time to my friends that are Angels fans, oh yeah, Dodger great Albert Pujols for the last couple of months and just seeing them. Just, Cardinal fans are just like melting. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, I guess he had a cup of coffee with the Cardinals too. That's true. But he's going into the Hall of Fame as a Los Angeles Dodger. Mark it down, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and mark down the tape because this this episode, Welcome to Perfectville, episode 198, is now officially done. And uh, what a ride it's been. 198 episodes with Chris Cullen and Sam Marcu as your only co-hosts. Uh, we're starting up in July with Chris Chambers as our third man in the booth, like we talked about. Uh, Chris, uh, thank you once again for yet another fun episode here. And anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Uh, just thoughts and prayers to the victims down in Miami in the condo. Uh, I know we have a lot of listeners down there. That's my hometown. So uh, just horrible, just tragic. And um, it's just, yeah, heartbreaking to see your city and that happen. So it, that's terrible. My thoughts for everybody. Yeah. Thoughts and prayers to everybody at uh, the Surfside, I, I think is what it's called. If I'm not mistaken, it's been a horrible tragedy and they're still dealing with that. So uh, keep them in your, uh, in your thoughts, everybody. But uh, that being said, and on behalf of myself, Chris Cullen, the entire town of Perfectville, and the Believe Podcast Network, only thing left to say is goodbye from Perfectville. Later.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.